Because there's more to the game than just the score, we bring you this episode of Beyond the Scoreboard, a podcast from Henry County Schools Athletics. Welcome to this episode of Henry County Schools Athletics Beyond the Scoreboard. I am Athletics Coordinator for Henry County Schools, Kelly Smith, and I am pleased to have with me today two very special guests from the Locust Grove Cluster. We have uh, Stephen Phillips from Locust Grove High School and Catherine Malcolm from Locust Grove Middle School. I am going to ask that they let the audience know a little bit about themselves and um, something about their background in coaching and athletic administration that got them to this point. Stephen? Well, um, you know, mine started 12 years ago as an athletic director, but I've been in education for, my, this is my 20th year. I uh, started in Cartersville, uh, in, in the state of Georgia, I actually taught a couple of years in Alabama before moving over to Georgia, but I uh, was at Cartersville for three years, and then I opened Dutchtown up in 2004 as just an assistant football coach and the head baseball coach there, and then uh, Mike Creaseman retired uh, a couple of years into that, that tenured, and I replaced him as the athletic director and, and served two years there. And then when Locust Grove opened up in 2009, I decided because I'm a member of the Locust Grove community to move over to Locust Grove and start that program. I've been there now for 12 years and uh, coached baseball uh, for the first 11 years, I believe we were open. And we're very fortunate enough to uh, win the state championship in 2016, which was a great accomplishment for our community. And uh, since uh, this is my second year just being the athletic director, so uh, in, I, I love the community, I love the school, and uh, I'm, I'm just glad to be a part of it. And I was a part of that um, excitement as, um, you know, a former AD in the district and, you know, just following all the things, uh, athletics in Henry County at that time. That was very exciting for our community. And um, you didn't add that you were also serving as AD simultaneously with that. And spring sports time is a crazy time, so we can get into that more later as part of your responsibilities. But um, kudos to you for for keeping it all together and managing all that, that went along with that and for that successful program that, that you built at Locust Grove. Well, thank you. So, uh, it, it, it really didn't have anything to do with me. It had to do with my coaching staff and my kids. Um, I just was fortunate enough to be there, and uh, I got to reap the benefit of hard work from kids and, and a community that bought into what we were doing and kids that bought into what we were doing. And, you know, so many times the head coach gets the credit, but um, in this case it wasn't anything that I did. It was them. Well, and I can say this about you as a leader, uh, Stephen, that you do uh, give credit to your coaches, and um, that speaks highly of the reason why you're in this position as athletic director, because it's not about being the boss or being at the top. It is literally leading alongside uh, your your coaches and, and your staff members. We can't do it alone, for sure. So uh, one of the people also that you have to work with uh, quite closely is your middle school athletic director. So we do have her here with us today, Catherine Malcolm. Catherine, tell us a little bit about you. Well, I'm in my 18th year of teaching. Um, in the beginning of my career, I spent, I started those actually at Luella, where I coached track and basketball and cross country for a few years. So I like to keep busy. And I've always enjoyed working with students and helping them grow as a person because we all know through athletics, we 
learn not only about the sport, but also about being a good person and just developing good character and um, learning to work as a team. And so I was coaching there for about eight years, and then I moved to the middle school level where I have been for about eight years. And there I became athletic director about four years ago. And when they asked me to be athletic director, I thought it was a good fit for me because I just really enjoy watching people grow and helping them learn their love of sports. And it meant a lot to me as a person growing up, being an athlete myself. And it taught me so much more beyond the classroom. You know, I think it's the little things and the memories we help create and the experiences they learn working together that really drove me to um, continue this position as an athletic director. And and you've said a mouthful, certainly, in that. And I know that some of the questions that I'll ask, you know, will circle back around to those things. Um, and, and that is what this program is all about, beyond the scoreboard. It is, you know, it's easy to, especially now in, in the information technology world that we live in, to quickly look up a score, results of a game or whatever. But this program is all about looking beyond that in Henry County Schools. And those connections are certainly probably what drives every single coach and athletic director in the work that we do. So we will go ahead and jump right into our programming for today, which happens to be about you guys, um, the role of the athletic director. And, um, you know, there'll, there'll be some stories shared in this that are, you know, fine-tuning proud moments and some not-so-shining moments. And, you know, we we do become better as a reflection of ourselves and uh, the work that we do. So, um you know, one thing, and, and you guys d- jump in however you want to. You can feed off one another. I'll certainly be a part of the conversation. Um, but, Catherine, you've been, in at, at, you've been going at it four years. You shattered me early on um, in that career. We had a good time together. We did. You asked a lot of questions, and um, I appreciated uh, your quest for knowledge and and fine-tuning your role. Uh, Stephen, you've been at this for a very long time. The longest, um, I think, for AD in the county, I believe, service-wise. Yes, I am. Um, And so, you know, you've gained some insight, but what's the one thing that you didn't know that you know now that you wished you had known when you began? Stephen, we'll begin with you since you've been at this the longest. Um, You know, with this job, it's, it's different every day, but the the thing that comes to mind first and foremost is that you're not going to please everybody. Um, you know, when I first got into this, that I, I'm a people pleaser, and um, I, I feel like my position is one that um, is to support and guide and help. And I realized real quickly that no matter what I tried to do um, and what my intentions were. It didn't always please everybody, and there were so many times that I went home and and questioned myself um, because I knew what my intentions were. Um, Each coach sees their sport and their sport only, and when you're making decisions as an athletic director, you, you can't look at individual sports. You have to look at the school as a whole, and some of the decisions that we have to make is for the, the betterment of the school and not the betterment of a program. And so, of course, those coaches and assistant coaches and even parents and athlete, athletes don't understand what goes into the decision-making process at times. And it's, it's not 
uh, a fault of theirs. It's it's a lot of times lack of information that uh, either can be shared or can't be shared. And um, that's where I really had to change my my mindset was I do want to please people and I want people to uh, enjoy being at Locust Grove and um, being a part of, of what we're trying to build. But I also had to understand that I would ruffle some feathers at times and, and, and be on the bad list with people. But um, it's uh, it's part of the job. It is part of the job. And I think what's um, most important to note there is consistency. So, you know, you will displease people sometimes on a daily basis, and that's just the the work that we do. But if they um, start to see your consistency and they know the trends and your t- transparency is also very critical, um, then they'll know that you're making the decisions that you have to make on a more global scale. Even if they know that, though, they, they still will let you know when you have displeased sure. them, and that's okay. And the transparency is the big thing, mm-hmm. and it's it's probably a fault of mine. Um, just because, you know, when you're making a decision, um, like I said before, some information you can share, some, some you can't, and there's a fine line between those two things. And so sometimes it's better to keep your mouth closed, um, and, and just make the decision than it is to put the information out there because of course people can take information differently and, uh, so it's it's definitely something I'm I'm continuing to work on in my career is is the communication line and the transparency of decisions that we have to make. But um, it's uh, it's definitely been a fault of mine in the past. All right, Catherine, what what great thing would would you like to have known prior? Um, I sometimes the job comes with a lot of stress, but it comes in spurts. And it seems like it's hard to manage at the time, but if you can just get through it, it gets better. We have to make really difficult decisions sometimes that affect students. It affects their families. It affects parents, and they don't always like it, you know. Um, Sometimes the rules read the, you know, consequence could be harsher by the school than what is written necessarily in the handbook. And um, I know I've had to make some tough decisions. My first year, a lot happened. And I had to not only make decisions and talk to lots of parents, but also student athletes to try to get a whole picture. And sometimes we can't can't share the whole picture. We can only talk about pieces of it with people. And, um, you know, but if you just have your heart in the right place and, you know, for the students, just remember it's all about them and you make your decisions based on the betterment of the team and the school. Um, you know, that helps a lot. It does. And and convey being able to convey that, and we've we've mentioned this, the transparency piece. Um, but once they get to know you and you get to know your community and the trust is established, they start to understand the why. And a lot of times, you know, we, we need the why to help us to understand um, the more that you can share and <clears throat> build that trust, then the better the relationship's going to be with your communities. Um, always looking to gain more knowledge, though. You know, we, we don't know it all today. We don't know it all. And, and you're sitting here with three veterans. So uh, always something to learn and share in that vein of what you wish you had known before you had to face the next big thing. So 
along those lines, of course, because, you know, we, we don't have all the answers when we make decisions sometimes. Um, we have failures. It's, it's obvious. Uh, I learned early in my career, and I try to impress this upon young people working with them, you, you mess up and you fess up and you just own it and you learn from it and you move on. But the greatest respect out of a mistake comes from owning it. And just admitting it instead of trying to do the ultimate cover-up or, you know, pass the buck or whatever. And as a leader, what I try to do is evaluate myself if one of the people that I'm charged with leading makes a mistake. I, I immediately go to, did I communicate effectively? Did I do everything that I needed to do to make sure that they had all the pieces and parts needed to move forward? Um, and so that is a reflective piece that I do. Um, but ultimately, we will continue to make mistakes as long as we continue to do a job, live, parent, anything that we do. So Stephen, tell us about uh, one of your biggest failures and what did you learn from it? Well, um, you know, I don't really want to look at it as failures I, I look at it more as uh stumbling blocks you know because they do happen often uh, unfortunately um you know so I, the word failure sounds a little harsh at times you know because my intentions were never um to be wrong or to do it incorrectly of course not so um you know, we all stumble at times. It's it's about picking ourselves up and, like you said, self-reflecting and 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 walking away from the situation and going, you know what, I could have done this better. I could have done, you know, whatever it is. But probably, um, if if I had to say my my biggest stumbling uh, block or my um, biggest failure would be um, one of our teams had made the playoffs and. Um, I didn't attend the game. And, you know, you don't realize as an athletic director how people see you in that position. And, um, you know, I came to find out that I really hurt um, the coach when they noticed that I wasn't there to support the team. And, you know, that's something that you can't change. You can't go back and you can't play the game again and you can't fix it. But uh, I learned real quick how much um, – you know, coaches and players and parents notice if you're there or if you're not there. And so I had to uh, look at myself and, and, and understand that what the decision that I made was incorrect. And so now, of course, that's, uh, you know, something in my head that when we even host now home games, you know, I try to make it whether it be 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever it is, because I do have a life outside of athletic athletic director. But, um, you know, just being there for a short time and letting them know that um, that you appreciate what the coach does, the effort that they put into what they do, and then let the kids know that you're you're in their corner and pulling for them. You know, that's a, a, a great wisdom to have learned. And, you know, in athletic administration, you know, uh, Charlie Cobb, the athletic director for Georgia State, actually met with us uh, a few years ago and, and shared that with us. You know, being an athletic director isn't a job, it's a lifestyle. And, you know, that really, those words really resonated with me because it's true. And you have to have your whole family on board. And you mentioned that that you are a member of the Locust Grove community, and that helps with your children being in school there, your 
wife is a teacher in the district. So it is it is a commitment by the whole family because the importance of attending all those events and being a presence at those events. You you think that you go unnoticed um, until you actually don't show up for something, then you realize the eyes are all upon you. So that was a valuable lesson to learn and um, one for your community as well, I'm sure, sure. That, that, you know, to... To make sure that the appreciation is there, not, you know, that we do anything for that, but for them to understand a little bit better, as you mentioned, you do have a life outside of athletics. Right. Um, you do not live at the school and um, sleep in the health occupation's bed and shower. <laughs> Sometimes and I the, feel like I do that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I think we all do, but um, but that's some great wisdom to share with us and, um, and vulnerability, so I appreciate that. <laughs> Catherine, what you got for us? Well, I I think it's I wouldn't say there's been one biggest failure. I think there's a lot of little things that happen along the way that sometimes you question, did I make the right decision? Did I, you know, did I have everybody's best interest in mind? Did I disseminate that information in a timely manner? You know, it's it's just something hard and I know when I when I shadowed athletic directors, I job shadowed both you and coach Phillips. Yep which was great because I had very two different kind of styles. But one thing that he did impart on me was to be there. And I've tried to gain more and more visibility as we go. But I know I have been before where I haven't made a championship playoff and then the coach let me know about it. <laughs> and, and I felt bad, but, you know, we sometimes we do have lives outside of athletics. But you're right, it is a lifestyle, and we do try to be there and um, – and sometimes it's difficult uh, just letting the students know. You know, sometimes if they don't know who you are, I think maybe I'm not being visible enough this year. So I try to make sure, especially this year, just being part of um, everything that's going on, whether it's, you know, scanning temperatures for COVID every day and asking the questions just to be a support system. Because um, sometimes I feel like maybe I've failed in that support system in the past, um, occasionally. So I'm trying to pick up the slack, especially with um, all the changes we're experiencing this year as a whole, to just make sure my coaches know that I'm there for them. I'm trying to help them as much as I can with the time I have. And I think that that's um, a good point that you made that, you, you know, you could um, look at one big Colossal failure. Um, I think that we all we we often feel like that thing that we didn't do or forgot to do or didn't do well enough was a big failure. But it is a series of little things that that we're kind of hard on ourselves about and wishing that we had handled a little bit differently. But that goes back to that that piece about just being vulnerable with your um, your families, your your coaches, even your administration. Just being vulnerable and saying, you know what, I could have done this better, or you know, I wish I had done this. And just talking it out with people that you trust and you value their opinions so that you can grow um, continuously. And um, as I began this uh, conversation with, we're, we're going to make mistakes as long as we're working. So, you know, how we handle those mistakes and move forward and learn from them are, are what is key in the development of us as professionals and those that we serve. So you guys have some time and experience under your belt. You've done great things. You've done really bad things um, unintentionally. So what advice would you give someone wanting to pursue a career similar to yours? I, I think just be prepared to do a lot of listening 
you know, sometimes you just have to be able to lend an ear. Um, it's really important because the coaches want to talk things out with you, whether it's about their game or about an athlete or a situation. You have to be ready to listen and really focus and hone in on what they're saying to make sure that you can help guide people along the way. So listening, I think, is a really important skill to hone in on when you're thinking about that, as well as, um, you know, be ready to make mistakes. Like we said, own them, move on, learn from them, and hope to do better the next time. And, you know, you mentioned listening and and a skill, such a critical skill in a leadership role. And one of the things that I have really focused on in the past several years in my own development is uh, listening to listen and not listening to respond. I know you've all heard that, but, you know, really putting some thought into that. I'm a problem solver by nature. And so as you're halfway through some scenario, I, my wheels are turning and I'm thinking about how I can help you. And one of the things, and and Phillips can tell you that, that he and I are working on this together, is um, developing the ability to just listen and not to fix and, you know, uh, encouraging um, my athletic directors to problem solve and work things out on their own um, because, you know, everybody has a different um, mindset of, of attacking those, those issues and creating solutions. And, you know, that is a great skill to develop. And so, you know, one of the things I learned early in my career as a cheerleading coach, um, when a parent came in and was very upset, a lot of times they just want to be heard. As I listened, I didn't hear a real issue. They just got frustrated about something. They wanted to be heard. And so, you know, I'm old school and, um, you know, I'm in year 32. And so, you know, going back to watching movies in the classroom when I was a, a kid in school, you know, the, the movie reel would run out and it would start flapping at the end, you know, if the teacher wasn't quick on the spot to turn the button off. So you'd hear that flapping and you'd know the movie was over. So that was a cue for those inattentive folks to wake up or, <laughs> or whatever needed to happen. But, um, you know, I, I kind of think of that in the same light of listening to a parent. You sit back, you have posturing that is um, valuing and, and caring about what you're hearing, and, and you don't do anything that, that makes them think that you're about to cut them off. You, you just listen and let the tape run out. And so that's a great um, piece of advice to give someone because I think, especially when you're new in this career, you just want to jump in and change the world and you want to fix everything. And even in this new role that I've had this year, I've really had to put my brakes on and learn to lead people in that process and not fix things for them. Well, just to add to that, I mean, I don't, I don't think you could have – said it any better with the listening part of it you know um being in this for 12 years like i've been in a, a lot of times it's just to show that support you know for one you can't fix everything you can't do it all you can't fix it all um that's good advice too <laughs> <laughs> so you you know w when i hire somebody my philosophy is is when i hire somebody i i, I i'm i'm trusting you to do a job and for me to stand over you and go, well, that's not how I would do it. It's it's not about I. It's about, you know, what I ingrained or what I entrusted you to accomplish. And, um, you know, so many times it's like you said, it's 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 just being able to sit there and listen. 
whether it be a coach or a parent or a player, to just uh, not try to fix it, give them the opportunity to uh, to learn. Because I know we have several coaches in our building that you know eventually would like to move to an athletic directing position or to a head coaching position. So if I'm fixing everything or if I'm giving them my two cents on how to fix it, um, they're not really learning. They're they're emulating. And um, a lot of times it's just to listen. And then after you're listening, let them figure it out, you know. Um, and so just just that support, just being that ear and being that person that they can come to is um, – is critical. I think that's great advice. And, you know, as you were saying that, one of the things, the strategies that I used in, in working with parents, whether it be as I was a coach, athletic director, or even assistant principal, was at the end of the reel and letting them uh, speak and, and exhaust the words that they wanted to share, I would sit back um, and just very calmly look at them and say, what would you have done differently? And a lot of times they can't tell you what they might have done differently. They haven't gotten past the anger part of it to the thinking part of it. And so usually in that process and in those few moments, they were able to see that um, they were making an issue of something that really wasn't when in fact all it was was wanting to be heard in Mm -hmm. their frustrations and that they understood the Mm -hmm. big picture of this isn't just about my child. This is about an entire team of children or a program or, you know, in the uh, in the case of me being assistant principal, this is how my child fits into an entire school. Right. So um, great, great. I think that's a, probably the best skill that someone, <laughs> you know, we got to throw in um, organization. That's, that's at the top of the list. That's important. But, I'm, but, I'm still working on that. But, so <laughs> that listening is, is certainly good. So um, let me ask you guys this. What is the best uh, resource or resources that have helped you in doing your job? Um, I mean that to me that's easy. It's it's uh, it's talking to other athletic directors. Um, you know, nobody knows what we do except for other athletic directors, and um, you know, there's no no ill will towards principals or assistant principals or coaches or teachers or anybody like that. But uh, until you do this, you know, you don't know what goes into it. Uh, you don't know the stress that we're carrying sometimes you don't know the decisions that we have to make at times. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of like now I'm a parent and I have to call my mom a lot of times to go, wow, I'm sorry. I was that kid, you know, that you had to raise because now I, now he's living in my house and can you, uh, can you help me figure out how to, how to deal with this? And it's the same thing with being an athletic director. I don't have all the answers. I never will. And there's ideas that I know with in our county, we've got some first-year ADs that have tremendous ideas. And for me to sit back and go, well, you know, you're new. You don't really know how it works um, is crazy, you know, because talking to them and they come in with fresh eyes and fresh ideas that that I go, wow, you know great job you know good good job on thinking outside the box because we have a tendency a lot of times of thinking the same way for 12 years um unfortunately and i know um you know pete mulvane that's at union grove right now is phenomenal i mean um the ideas the the 
like I said, thinking outside the box is something that he's very, very good at. And I'm old school. I'm, you know, kind of stuck in my ways to a certain to a certain degree. But, you know, just hearing some of the ideas that he has and some of the um, the things that he's thinking because he's not long out of being a coach and just being a person in the building. And so those are the best resources is just going to people who have walked in your shoes and and know what you're going through because this job does get frustrating. And uh, unfortunately, there's no one sometimes to talk to about the frustrations that go into this job and going and making a call to another athletic director and expressing your that frustration goes back to that listening aspect you know they're not going to fix my problem but they just let me talk and you know a lot of times when I get off the phone it's like he's going through the same thing I am so it's okay you you felt like that parent that the yes. tape ran out. Yep. You know, somebody listened to you, they understand, and you know that alone gives you that next breath that you can take that that yes. puts that foot in front of the other and keep on going. Absolutely, Catherine. How about you? I know I've called Coach Phillips more than once. <laughs> <laughs> I have him basically on speed dial, but also I feel like another really great resource is just you know your own coaches in your building, just. As Coach Phillips was talking about the trust you instill in them to do a job as well as communicate with you. And if there's a problem, sometimes they have an idea and they can help you solve it. So just to look look on the inside of your own campus and um, what's so great about it. Uh, and your coaches know your community. They know your kids. And um, as as Stephen pointed out, you know, they're with Pete that not far out of the trenches, um, you know, and, and he's able to bring some of that coaching um, mindset to the job and, and your coaches um, are, are right there and their problem. They're thinking about these things all the time. And beyond that, it it develops buy-in if you've listened to them collectively and then you have to push something out they know they've been a part of that process yeah it creates a um you know a relationship that you have with your coaches where they feel like their opinion is valued and you know what better person to solve a problem with a within a team than somebody who works with them every day so I think they play a very integral part with being one of the best resources as well as you know your principal in the building well, and even the way that I've uh, approached this position, you know, coordinator of the county athletics, and, you know, we have 21 schools. And so, first and foremost, I wanted to send the message to all of the ADs in the district that, you know, we're in this together. And, you know, I have to uh, make decisions and think things through and present them to um you know, folks much higher up than myself. And so I do take the input um, very valuably of, of all the ADs in the district. And one of the first things I did was um, also assembled a group of people that are my go-tos that are in the metro area. And we meet weekly um, on a Google Meet. And um, if schedules really uh, boggle that up, then we're on a group text. And that group text is is constant. It's, hey, what what do you guys think about this? What's your district doing about this? So it's it's that leaning in and leaning on each other that is so valuable. And, you know, that is great advice to give to anybody. You are not, even though this is a single 10 role, 
there's only one in a school typically and nobody and your principal um, will even admit that they don't know everything that you do. They trust you, like Stephen said. They trust you to do a job, and you you dig in and you get that job done. And um, no one really knows what you're doing unless you forget to do something, and then they know <laughs> the, fine, know. the <laughs> fine details of your job, like um, you know, getting a bus or officials or whatever <laughs> else that that doesn't happen that should have that you just make work. Um, so I'm going to make you guys think for just a moment here, and. Um, you know, tell me two or three people that have been the most influential to you in your position and career. Um, you know, for me, and you know, the list is long, really, um, because I've been around for a long time. But, uh, you know, off the top of my head, I would definitely have to say my dad. Um, you know, I'm going to try not to get emotional because, <laughs> you know, my dad's no longer with us. Um but he was a, he was a pastor for fifty years, and you know just you know really instilled in me a work ethic. You know, you show up every day whether you want to or not, and um, you know he he was he was huge. Um, my principal, um, you know, one of the things that I've learned just with the few years that we've been together, I think he's in his fourth or fifth year, um, is you know he he gets in there and he does it, and and that's what. Um, I've noticed with him, you know, I've seen him Friday night football games. He's filling water bottles or, um, you know, he's turning on scoreboards or for basketball, he's setting up the gym or those kinds of things. So to see a principal with as much as he has already on his plate to be able to just jump in and, and just go that extra mile, you know, that's that's huge. And, and it's helped me realize really that um, – those little things are important. You know, people notice those things. You know, you think they're little, but to somebody it's big. And so that's definitely influenced me uh, big time. And, uh, you know, another one would be Dr. Miller that was here before. Uh, we actually came into Henry County, I think, about the same time. He might have been at the middle at Henry County Middle for a couple of years before he came to Dutchtown. But uh, Dr. Miller's really, really good at what he does. And, um, you know, just watching him grow as a, an athletic director and then the Henry County coordinator of athletics uh, was, you know, you couldn't help but to watch him and learn things, you know, because he was eager to do well at what he was doing. And it was – that was huge, you know, um, and yeah, I, I know he's doing great things at where he where he is now. But um, and I don't think I ever told him the influence that he was. But you know, you couldn't help but to sit back and just watch his ability to to go out and do new things. Excellent, Catherine. Well, I'd have to say um, one of my biggest influences would be my dad. He always has a childlike excitement for anything that he does, and he goes all in and does the little things. Um, he was an administrator in the county, and 
during the summers, he would go out there and he would be waxing floors and cleaning things with the custodians and just being like one with the people I thought was really important and building relationships with everyone. Well, a great story about your dad, and I don't mean to interrupt. Go but ahead. He, uh, he's, he came to Locust Grove High School uh, as an interim AP, I believe. Yes. And it was during our state championship run. And he, uh, when we hosted games, we had to do tickets at the entrance of the school because the way our baseball field set up, um, it was hard to do tickets just at the gate. And he stood out there and would – he was probably our biggest fan, and he had only been there for a few months. And by the time it was over with, I mean, I couldn't come into the school without him telling me how excited he was for me and for the players and – and that kind of thing. So, you know, just something that small for a guy who had only been in the building for a very short period of time was a was a huge influence. Yeah, and I feel so blessed to have grown up with that example, um, as well as my mom being such a hard worker and everything she did. Um, also, uh, I'd have to say a huge influence on my career was one of the first coaches I worked with. I worked with um, Richard Westbrook at Luella High School for eight years coaching cross country and track and film with him. And um, what he taught me was that, you know, not only do you teach kids a love of the sport and hard work, you also impart knowledge on people. So being able to just be an educator and a coach and just how much influence you have over kids' lives and helping them create memories was a really important part of my career. And that's something that still drives me today. And you guys, you know, in in that description of those influential people, um, several qualities that you mentioned that that I do think, you know, that being an athletic director has to embody these things. And one is a servant's heart. You you get in there, you empty the trash, you turn on the scoreboards, you fill water bottles, whatever you need to do. And you know, my previous principal was likewise. Stephen uh, Ryan Meeks was was that way. And you didn't actually call Tony Townsend's name, so I'm going to give oh, him okay. a shout out in that. Um, you know, I see I see similarities there. But um, one of my first uh, events as athletic director, you know, um, trying to to keep out as many details as possible, but there was an incident on the field and um, the refs came over and said, you know, we're going to need a cleanup. And, you know, I look around, I, I grab a cooler because I'm going to go and throw some water on the field for the cleanup. And I look over and, and there is Dr. Meeks with a rake and um, a shovel and taking care of it. So, you know, before I could even jump in so that that's the type leadership that truly inspires you to be a better leader yourself and and a better coach and a better athlete even when the when the kids see that example that they're not just being barked at that they see their coach doing that they see their athletic director doing that they're more likely to jump in and help as well so I think a big piece of that is being the servant's heart or having a servant's heart. Work ethic it was also one of the things that both of you mentioned that was instilled in you early and often and, and continues to drive your work today. Um, and then character. And one of the things I think that, you know, you can sum up the Dr. Miller um, shout out is passion. You know, what whatever he did and does, he wants to make better than the way he found it. And yeah. I think that if all of us can work in that same mode of not just checking 
checking boxes and getting things done, but actually leaving things better than we found them, then that's the the best you can do in a career. Yeah. And um, you're going to inspire and you and impart that knowledge and that c- constant education on all those that you influence in that regard. So um, I definitely think all of those qualities are essential. And um, so now the big one, and, and I, we can talk the rest of the day on this one, um, you know, because I, I can remember um, I didn't have any grandiose ideas when I took the athletic director job because I had worked alongside Nick Ellis, who was the former athletic director at Union Grove High School when I took that role. Um, you know, he, he called me his assistant. And so we planned a lot of things together and, you know, uh, had a lot of the same ideas for the athletic department. So we really worked hand in hand on that. And he would often, you know, I'd walk in his office and he'd say, shut the door. And that just meant that he needed to be heard. Um, and, and I just had to listen. That was my role for the, the moment or the day. Um, and then even uh, I worked very closely with Dr. Miller on, you know, his his idea um, of the cohort. And, you know, we bounced ideas around there. You know, I was just inspired and awed by by his efforts in that regard. And, and the fact that he engaged other people um, to make himself better. You know, it wasn't about him. He, he was always talking to other people to... Um, uh, go forward with his ideas and develop them fully. So, um, so I wasn't blind when I got into um, either role, the the county athletics coordinator or the school AD. Um, however, a lot of people are very blinded by all the glamour of this job, right? <laughs> so, you guys, um, what what's the most common myth that you want to debunk here today? Um, everybody says that that's why I get paid the big bucks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not, not real sure when the big bucks are coming, but, um, you know, I don't do it for the money. I don't think, uh, anybody who's in this profession does it for the money. Um, so piggybacking that, and I was really trying to, you know, just be funny right there, but uh, I don't know how well that went over, uh, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's a thankless job. Um, and, and it's not that, um, you know, you get your thank yous in different ways from the traditional, you know, thank you coach. It's, you know, hugs in the hallway from students or, you know, the smiles on their faces when they see you there or, um, you know, different ways. So it's, it, there's not tons and tons and tons of thank yous, but it, there, that, that is a myth because there is there's plenty of thank yous. Um, and then, you know, too, um, that it's not rewarding. Um, there's a lot of reward in it. Um, whether it be a young coach that you've hired, that you've helped, um, mold and, and give advice to, and you see them, uh, turn that into success, whether it be, you know, on the playing surface or, um, you know, them as a person, but, um, you know, it is rewarding to see these student athletes go out and work hard and you've helped provide little things for them to be successful and to see, you know, we've been very, very fortunate at Locust Grove to, to have won the state championship in 16 in baseball. And then we won, you know, the state championship in, uh, 
17, 18, and 19 in softball. But, uh, you know, it, to be able to go and, and do and provide those kids with the resources to accomplish those goals, to see them celebrate and to receive rings and those kinds of things, that's your reward. Um, it's not going to come in a monetary thing. It's going to come in special things that last a lot longer. And so, you know, to sum that up, Stephen began that uh, conversation with, you know, getting paid the big bucks. So, um, you know, of course, you're compensated for the additional time that, you know, is spent on task, you know, the extended day and attending events and things like that. But by no means is that compensation going to make you a wealthy person. Um, that compensation comes in so many other ways that yes. that far greatly exceeds any anything you could put in the bank. Right. Certainly. And that's why I was trying to, you know, yeah. it, it was more funny than it oh, was. We got, to, we, yeah. got, we got to 100%. <laughs> and hey, we're educators, so we, we get that. And I mean, nobody goes into education to be wealthy. Um, the, the mindset of an educator, and if they do, um, because they, you know, took a quick, hard look at it and said, oh, wow, this is great. I get paid this and then I get all summer off and I, you know, you know, fill in the blank. I get my vacations. Um, anybody that actually has a career in education and longevity in it understands that, you know, you had a passion, you have a need to serve other people. It has nothing to do with the paycheck. And, um, you know, the athletic director role is certainly no exception to that. Yeah. There's, it's, it's not about the glory or the money for sure, because, um, it's, it's really hard work sometimes. And, um, definitely you wouldn't be in it for the money or for any kind of recognition, because really it's about being a servant and serving others and make sure that the student athletes and the coaches and your fans all have a good experience and just, you know, building a sense of community and pride. Well, and, you know, I, I can remember um, at the beginning of the games and the, you know, sportsmanship statement is read, uh, you know, usually uh, preceded by on behalf of the principal and the athletic director. And when I would hear my name read as athletic director, you know, I took great pride in that, knowing what it took to get that game going, you know, whether it was was crafting that script that that announcer was reading or making sure that the custodial services had the trash cans out and the restroom stocked and the officials had been called and transportation was involved, all the gate workers, everything that came to be, you know, very often I would walk around the facilities and just think, wow, this is amazing that I have the opportunity to take care of this and, and to be a part of this. And so, you know, uh, going back full circle to, you know, the, the common myth is um, it's not about the power that you're in in charge. And it's certainly not about the money. It's about um, if you if you truly are um, doing the job that needs to be done as an athletic director, it is about so many more things than that that you've all mentioned um, in the previous questions asked today. So now you guys are serving in a school community. You're both in the same community, um, well-connected with one another, as you mentioned, Catherine. Uh, you lean on each other. You share facilities. So there's a lot of conversations that have to take place. And we're neighbors. 
Okay, we are, and we that's are right. I, so. I have been I have been to both of your homes, and you do live in the same neighborhood. Um, and so, um, all of that is very important in your relationship and the way that you serve in your schools. So um, now I'm going to ask you a, a hot question, and I'm almost afraid, especially Stephen Phillips, of what the answer might be. But um, if you could step into my shoes. Um, in the role that I do and, and, and in this process today of, of getting to know the athletic director and what the athletic director does, um, what would you have asked, have me ask that I didn't? I'm going to let Catherine answer that. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, I, I guess um, I, I really – I. Think you covered it. I can't really think of anything. We've talked about myths. We've talked about things we've learned along the way. We've talked about things we wish people would have known. Um, we've talked about a lot of important topics from listening to being a servant to admitting fault. So I feel like we've pretty much covered it. There's always surprises. Um, not to say that there's not an athletic directing because we're always constantly learning. And I think a part of being an educator and being in a, a role as a leader is you constantly have to have the strive for knowledge and to learn and to um, just, you know, maybe what drives you as a, as a leader? Maybe like what makes you wake up and get excited about the job every day? And I think that that is a great self-reflective piece. And, and often in our monthly meetings, I have you guys reflect on things. And um, and that is something that I think is critical of any anybody doing a job is what is your why? So that's a yeah. great yeah. question for self-reflection. And, and that's really kind of what I had in my mind as well is, you know, why do you do what you do? And um you know, it, it, this, I tell people all the time, this, the one thing that I love about this job is it's, mo it's not monotonous. You know, every day is a new day. And every day, every time you think you've heard everything or <laughs> seen everything, then, you know, God has a great sense of humor. And he says, okay, I'm going to show you, do you, you haven't seen everything or heard everything. So you end up seeing it before it's over with. But, you know, every day is new. Every challenge is new. Um, sure, you, you have the same things, um, e you know, year in and year out. But there are new things every day. You know, whether it be, um, you know, dealing with a coach that feels like they can't keep going, you know, and, and you become a counselor. Um, to dealing with a parent who's upset about a certain situation. Um it just never gets old, um, and and it is rewarding. Like I said, you know, before, it's in a different way than than the typical job is. But you know, there's so many things that I look back on and that I can see that I did. I, did I have a hand in it in some way or shape or form? And to see the success come alongside of it. Uh, again, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm very blessed in that I'm in the position that I'm in, um, that I get to see, um, not just kids, but adults reach goals that they have set for themselves and chase dreams. I mean, and that's what makes me get up and go to work every day. 
And that's part of, of that being an educator. You never stop educating. Like you said, you're athletic director, so you, you do a lot with compliance. You do a lot with logistics. Um, but ultimately, that, that biggest piece of that is being an educator and constantly growing your uh, – your coaches, and even your student-athletes because, you know, there there are things that we have to teach them along the way. You have to have those hard conversations if they've done something that they didn't need to do and, and the coach pulls them in to, to get you engaged. And, you know, you're you're constantly teaching somebody something. And um, and, and I do. I, I love that about this this job and um, and just athletics in general. Like you said, it, it's not necessarily what goes up on the scoreboard. It's all those little pieces and parts that makes it all rewarding and, and valuable um, as as a person who is in education. So tell us something unique about the uh, the Locust Grove community. And Stephen, you alluded to all your titles over there. Um, so that's really special, and um, you know, we we as a community enjoyed being a part of that and being behind you in that um, that time period and and continued success to to both of your schools in that. But what makes y'all unique? Um, you know, we're we're one of the few schools whose name of the school is named after its community and and has a community. You know. Um, and so it's special in that there's that connection between the school and the community. When we won state championships, um, of course, when we were in the middle of the game, I didn't notice it. It was once the game was over with and I saw pictures and that kind of thing. But I, I bought game three, the the DVD of game three, and went back and watched it and uh, one of the announcers said, I hope uh, who, whoever the last person that left Loc- Locust Grove was turned the lights out. Um, because that's what makes our community special is um, when we do have success, um, we're backed by so many in our community. Uh, it's not unusual to see our mayor at games. Um to see our chief of police, Jesse Patton at games, um, are, are willing to help our program in any facet that they can. Um, you know, Pam Nutt, our board member is at so many games and she's wearing Locust Grove stuff and she's proud of what the school's accomplished. And, uh, you know, that's special, you know, to have those types of people who take out of their own time to come and show their support and their willingness to help because, you know, when we won those state championships, you know, people don't understand the cost that that's associated with buying rings for that many people. And, um, our community, the way that we have done it or, you know, that we do it at Locust Grove is we can only pay so much of the ring and they're not cheap. And so when you're buying them for that, that, that number of, athletes we ask them to pay part of it and then the school picks up the other part well our community has in the four state champions that state championships that we've won have donated enough money to pay the cost for all of the rings so no money has come out of any of our students or parents pockets because of our community stepping up and doing 
things to help us out. So, well, that's certainly something that um, is unique, you know, because it is Locust Grove. You have your own um, zip code. It is a town. It's not, you know, many of our schools are named after the actual community community that they sit in, but but you are a town, and it does make it kind of feel like that hometown has its own high school, and, and there's only one school in the town, and, and that does bring you a, a uniqueness, certainly. Catherine, if you'll finish this out with um, what are you most proud of, you know, as a member of that community and, and for your schools? I think as, a, um, as an AD and a member of that community, I'm just most proud of... Um, you know, the athlete successes and watching them grow as a person, um, even just from my entire career, just last night I was on game duty and somebody recognized me from the beginning of my career and being a part of Henry County Schools for the last 18 years, it has even affected people's lives where their parents even remember, hey, didn't you used to? Yes, I did. And then I can just learn what they've been up to. And that just gives me a sense of pride of knowing that I helped shape somebody's lives and made an impact that they remember, um, you know, important experiences beyond the core. Um, you know, I think just athletics in general and being an athlete, athletic director helps um, students explore an avenue in life that teaches them so much more about life. I agree. And and as we wrap up here today, I want to thank both of you for your tremendous insight uh, sharing, being very vulnerable, sharing some personal stories, um, success and failures. And all of those are part of being educators and certainly part of being athletic directors and, and leading your communities in the way that they should go. Uh, we know there's been challenges with COVID um, protocols and, and reshaping uh, the expectations in your communities and in your community. And, and, um, and that has not been an easy task for you. So I want to publicly thank you for being leaders in that um, charge. And Stephen, as you said, you you tend to be a pleaser. And so having to make have those tough conversations with parents and, and being jilted, if you will, because you had to direct students in a particular way or you had to ask and, re, and reinforce protocols um, at games and situations, it's not been fun. And, and I know that. And, you know, the reason we do this job is – all those rewards listed that aren't monetary, um, and in this season of time, those have been fewer, but it is encouraging to me that you um, continue to spotlight and highlight those things as, as your reason why and the why you get up and you come to work every day. So I thank you both very much. Stephen Phillips, Locust Grove High School, Catherine Malcolm, Locust thank Grove you. Middle School. I'm Kelly Smith, Coordinator of Athletics for Henry County Schools, and I appreciate everyone for joining us for this episode of Beyond the Scoreboard. See thank you next you. time. Thank you. For more episodes of Beyond the Scoreboard and daily updates about athletics in Henry County Schools, follow us on Twitter at Athletics Henry.